Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host Luke. Luke, how are you today? Hi, I am very happy to be here as your friendly neighborhood podcast presenter. Thank you very much, Luke, for for, for being here. Uh, recording today even more remotely than normal. Uh, normally we record remote, but today you are in distant lands. Look, uh, you're on holiday at the minute and still making time to record this podcast. So thank you again for fitting us into your busy schedule. How has your holiday been? It's been very good. Thank you. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. I mean, uh, being able to do the podcast is almost like it's so enjoyable and relaxing. It's almost like having a holiday from your holiday. I was just going to say, it really is. It's a holiday in itself. It's a holiday for the for the brain and for the mood you know it's it's all of the relaxing qualities that you know a beautiful trip to a sunny beach has but from the comfort of your own room and for you you have both which is even better in a way but uh yeah the, this podcast really is a holiday i think um so yeah as you say it's a double holiday basically for you uh <laughs> today we've got some fun things to talk about we're going to start with the news now little bits and pieces of news have happened this week but look unless there's anything in particular you want to talk about i think there is one big thing that happened in this last week that we really need to talk about that's sort of blown all other news out of the water in a lot of ways and that is the spider-man no way home trailer uh if this was a week where you were planning to drop any other kind of news i feel sorry for you because this is the only thing that people have been talking about uh, this week, certainly when it comes to movie news. So I hope no studios were planning on dropping any bombshells because uh, you really, it's hard to compete with something like this. Now, look, you actually just watched this trailer before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're fresh with your thoughts on this. I've been dwelling on it a little bit and seeing lots and lots of other people on the internet's opinions. So I've got some things to say, but what, what do you think just right off the bat? What do you think of, the, of this trailer? Well, I would personally say I think it's a masterclass in how to make a trailer. You know, um, a lot of trailers sort of, they're, they're Easter eggs. Now, this trailer has Easter eggs, but other trailers are Easter eggs. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Lots of chocolatey goodness on the outside, and that's your trailer. Then you break open to get to the movie, mm-hmm. and then you find there's nothing inside. It was all on the outside. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> this... I would say this is how you do it. Uh, it. It gave us enough to sort of get us hooked in and to understand what the movie's about, but no idea where it's going to go. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I was hyped before anyway, because, I mean, I really enjoyed the first two um, MCU Spider-Man movies, but now I'm, I'm just up there, especially with uh, the biggest part of the trailer which is uh, alfred molina returning as um doc ock who was of course last seen in spider-man 2 which is in my opinion still the benchmark for spider-man movies as much as i love uh home coming and uh, far from home i don't think they've quite reached those heights yet so uh i'm really now looking forward to see if to seeing if uh, no way home can yeah, no, it definitely, yeah, because obviously what everyone's been talking about this week is the things like, as you say, Alfred Mulaney returning, other pretty big things, especially in terms of villains that we've seen in this trailer, 
and that we've heard rumblings of before but have been confirmed by this that's kind of what everyone's been talking about is like the content of the trailer but it is uh what a lot of people haven't really talked about is the fact that it does also look good like it looks like a good movie you know and it's a very well cut trailer as well um it still looks like a great movie regardless of the fact that like it reveals you know some of these big uh rumors that we've heard about over the last little while so um yeah it's funny it's funny how that uh the sort of the fan uh conspiracy theories and speculation almost overshadow like the fact that this actually looks like a good movie too on top of everything else so um i'm definitely excited spider-man is way way up there in terms of my favorite heroes and yeah i was already excited for this trailer probably made me more excited a bit maybe i can't imagine how excited I would have been had I not known so much of this stuff already, you know, from leaks and rumors, uh, which is a bit of a shame, but it's it's unavoidable as well. Because honestly, could you imagine if we didn't already know all of this stuff, seeing that for the first time in this trailer, I think it would have really uh, like blown me away. So uh, I'm, I'm really, my excitement is still pretty high for this. Yeah, uh, definitely seems to be with this trailer, reaching in for all the, the greatest hits for Spider-Man even, and can you can correct me if I am wrong, because I may well be, uh, you know more about this stuff, but I think that was the first appearance, uh, albeit a remix, of the Ramones Spider-Man theme, uh, this round for Spider-Man. Ooh, could be. I'm not, I, I wouldn't be 100% sure, but that sounds pretty likely, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone knows really, you can correct us, but it, certainly not, certainly the most noticeable uh, we've seen it. Yeah, if it has been in anything else, um, it definitely didn't stand out as much as in this trailer. But yeah, uh, I, I, I really like that version of it. So it is. Yeah, see, no, it, it does. It's great. And it just, it's so like, this really felt very Spider Man y. And I think that, as you say, like the MCU movies have been great. And I think. A lot of the Spider-Man movies are pretty, pretty good. Um, but this, it really does, it gets me excited. Always a little bit of apprehension when it comes to these things, just because, you know, there always is uh, a lot of people saying a lot of things online. And I, I want to take this opportunity. If anybody's on here listening uh, to us, you know, two guys shouting their opinions on the internet, um, please, guys, stop shouting your opinions on the internet. <laughs> And what I mean by that is, uh, it's totally fine. Obviously, we do it all the time. But I've seen so much off the back of this trailer, and I've seen it before as well, but off the back of this trailer particularly, people saying things they either think might happen or hope might happen, and they're just saying them like they're going to happen. They're just assuming it's fact. And what I'm specifically referring to here is the uh, the return of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield that has been rumored a bit but has also been very much said is not going to happen as well by a lot of people and i know this trailer sets it up like that definitely seems like a possibility but i think it just there's always this risk and there's just this little feeling i have whenever people say these things like they're guaranteed that make me worry for how disappointed they might get because this movie could be amazing and if it but if it doesn't have those characters returning people might come out and end up hating it you know or might feel disappointed even though it's a great movie and it, that just always worries me a little bit and it's happening much more with the marvel stuff than anything else and it's just 
a slight side of the the fans that I don't like to see so much. But um, I don't know. What do you think about all this speculation, Luke? I think, uh, well, I'll give my opinion on what I think's going to happen. Uh, but first, yeah, I'll agree with you. I think it's okay to want things to happen. I mean, I'd love Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to make an appearance and I feel like it would fit given the whole multiverse thing. But uh, I'm not going to be annoyed or go on Twitter and vent to the world if it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Uh, you're, you're being taken uh, on a ride. Uh, you're not the one driving the car. You're the one in the back seat. So mm-hmm. just sit and enjoy the view and don't worry if what you if something doesn't happen that uh, you wanted to. Uh, but anyway, that being said, I think I think it's likely that maybe not both, but I don't think it's unlikely that one of them make an appearance. Uh, and I mean, I think uh, it wouldn't be the first time something's been rumored to happen and everyone's gone deny, deny, deny. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it then has happened but then again it, it could also just mean that it's not going to happen but <laughs> yeah as i said i i think if we're going on this sort of like um whirlwind terror through the spider-man uh mythos then why not and the multiverse means it's pretty possible and canon i mean uh I, I would love to say it but i mean obviously I, I think I've mentioned before, I do still have um, worries about uh, whether the whole multiverse thing is going to make a joke of the continuity, but uh, I I will give them the chance to do what they want to with it. I think it's yeah. they've, they've earned that much, really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I definitely agree, and I, I do think the same thing. I think it's definitely likely or certainly plausible that we will see those uh or one or both of the other spider-men return in this movie and i would i would absolutely love to see that as well um it is definitely it just it became one of those things that someone said could happen and that made me excited to now people are saying will happen and that makes me a little bit worried you know just as it's developed over over so long but i think it's also a big part of that i think comes from the fact that we've been waiting for some of these movies for a long time now that people have almost had too much time to figure out what they think might happen you know so um yeah i think it's still it's just be excited either way and and don't be annoyed if if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go that's sometimes a great thing to to be surprised or to still be surprised by things so uh that's what i'm the most excited for my what i really hope happens and i don't Obviously, as you say, this really doesn't reveal much about what's going to happen, but my sort of fear with having these returning villains is that uh, then they won't, if they're going to be like multiverse style villains, is that they won't stick around in the future, um, which would be a real shame because it feels like if we get if we get Doc Ock in this movie and then he's gone again, it's unlikely they're going to use that character or make a new Doc Ock in the MCU, you know, in that main timeline universe, which would be such a shame to lose because obviously Doc Ock is a very famous Spider-Man villain. All of the villains coming back in this movie are pretty much, you know, bar Venom are, are kind of the the top, uh, a, a sort of sinister six, if you will, uh, group of villains, which are Spider-Man's kind of biggest rogues gallery. So it would be a real shame if they were 
if it was six one and done villains in this movie, you know, I would really hate for that to happen because Spider-Man just has such great villains and such a great opportunity for returning villains as well. And it's probably to this day, Marvel's biggest fault is uh, their, their killing off of villains. Um, so I, I just don't want that to happen with six in one movie. You know, I feel like that would be such a loss. Um, but again, we don't know that's going to happen. That's just one thing that stuck out to me when I was seeing all these villains return. I'm just I'm so excited to see them again that I'm like, no, don't take them away from me. We just got them back. Uh, but I think that's definitely, there's no point in worrying about a hypothetical, but I would love to see these villains come back. Um, who, who are you most excited to see? Are you most excited to see Doc Ock or is there anyone? Rhino. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's Rhino again. That would be Hi. hilarious. I, I, I'm joking. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> Rhino is quite funny, but it's like funny in the same way Juggernaut's funny. It's, it's more just because like the character is <laughs> a bit dumb. Um, no, Dog Ock is Dog Ock. I mean, um, Green Goblin's obviously probably the most iconic, but I mean, Alfred Molina, I, I've already said about uh, how good Spider-Man 2 is, but I mean, Alfred Molina, uh, is, I, this could maybe go in our segment later because I don't know how popular this opinion is, but I mean, I think Alfred Molina's performance is dog dog in terms of supervillain performances and these sorts of movies. I would say maybe not quite as good, but is up there with Heath Ledger's at the top of the genre. Mm, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that sounds, sounds true. It's hard to fault. Um, it's hard to think of anything against that. I think it is, it's really, really good. It's so perfect for that character as well. Perfectly captures it. Um, and you can really, you can see, you know, the, the torment that he goes through and, and how he kind of fights for his mind that he loses and stuff. And, I think it is. Yeah, it's such a great character. You really feel sympathetic, but you also really hate him at points as well. I think it's it's a, a just a great performance, as you say. Um, it's tough to go against that. Doc Ogg is such a great character, such a, obviously a famous character, uh, that it would be a challenge for anyone to pick that up. So it is, I am kind of glad in these, uh, or in No Way Home, with these returning villains that there are some that they were sort of like we can't really improve upon the other iterations let's just bring them back you know we've got the multiverse there waiting for us so why not why not do it that way i think that's kind of a cool idea uh, and kind of quite a cool way to do it i would actually like to add a caveat to my answer and he's not really a villain uh but i i well, kind of is but i'm also really really looking forward to jk simmons J. Jonah Jameson returning. I mean, he is J. Jonah yeah. Jameson. Yes, definitely. And bag for a hope, hopefully a big portion of this movie. Uh, obviously, we just got him at the post credits of, of Far From Home. Uh, and he obviously he's gonna be in this. He's a bit of a catalyst for the whole uh the whole movie, really. So he's kind of the biggest villain <laughs> in a way. Uh, but I hope he's we cut back to him maybe a few times throughout the movie or certainly hear from him uh, from his internet news show. I think that would be really, really funny and just, it's, it's a delight every time he's on screen, honestly, in, in the old Spider-Man movies. Uh, so seeing him back was just wonderful and having him back again 
is great. True, he really is. He is the the biggest Spider-Man villain in a lot of ways. I suppose he's not a Spider-Man villain. He's a Peter Parker villain. I guess that's the best way to think about it. <laughs> I was going to say uh, they seem to take inspiration a bit from the Spider-Man PS4 game because they took the idea of his uh, him being turned into sort of a Infowars Alex Jones uh, style online internet runner. Yeah, uh, and. <laughs> You, you, I mean, you you platinumed it, played it for ages like I did. I, I don't know about you, but that was one of my favourite parts about the game where you'd just be swinging round and his show would start blaring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was an absolute highlight. I would quite often when I'm playing games, especially games like that, where you're kind of swinging around for a long time, there isn't a lot, like once you've gone past the story part, uh, I would just listen to music a lot while I'm playing games. But uh, one of the few times that I would pause music or turn music down to just hear the... <laughs> the uh, J. Jonah Jameson uh, rants in the Spider-Man PS4 game, which is it's pretty impressive if it's if they're that funny to make you stop doing that. But they were real highlights of that game and just made that swinging around so fun. And uh, yeah, I, I love I love J.K. Simmons, obviously, as J. Jonah Jameson. I think it is perfect, just a more perfect cast. And I don't think has happened really to just have someone who slots in and you could not fault it. You could not imagine anything more perfect than that uh so it just it's so impressive and i i think it's absolutely hilarious so it's just a joy to see him back um i don't think we need to theorize on this too much about what we think might happen or what could potentially happen just because i i think it is nearly impossible that we'll say something that someone hasn't already said um but do you have any other thoughts generally about this trailer or this movie uh before Uh, we move on I actually think it's quite interesting. It's going to explore. Uh, I, 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 and I know Iron Man two covered it to a little extent. Iron Man two and three covered it to a little extent, but not in the same way. Uh, maybe there is one I'm forgetting, but I can't really think of a superhero movie that's looked at sort of what happens when a superhero secret identity gets revealed, especially in the manner which it happens for Peter in this. Uh, yeah the last movie so i'm i'm really intrigued to see how that plays out um uh how that and as it says in the trailer seems to affect those around him Mm -hmm. no i'm the same i think especially in the mcu obviously there's it's really only uh spider-man who has a secret identity anyway of everyone else other people that it's a bit 50 50 and then you have people like iron man and captain america where there's no uh where there's no kind of hidden identity at all. Everyone knows exactly who they are. But Spider-Man is really the only one, or certainly one of, it's hard to think of anyone else, who has a secret identity, you know, a fully secret, covers their face, nobody knows who they are kind of secret identity. So Daredevil's um, really really the only one I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who's maybe going to come back in this movie, if you believe everything you read, who knows? Uh, <laughs> that I would, that I would love that Kingpin, I would be very hyped for oh yeah for sure um, I would love all of these things listen when I'm talking about the theories I'm not getting at them at all I would love all of these things to happen maybe just not all in one movie this is already feeling like a like a crowded movie as is and I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily but yeah you maybe don't need like 10 storylines in one movie I think one is is probably enough uh, but yeah, there's a lot of characters and I'd be happy to see Daredevil come back. It's got to happen soon. 
uh, if they want to use Charlie Cox, which I think they absolutely should. Um, but yeah, I think I think it looks great. I don't really have much else to say without delving too deep into conspiracy theories. I will leave you with one because I do love a good theory. Uh, this, I don't know if you've seen, look, but this story uh, that they're vaguely basing this off of, uh, where Spider-Man, his identity is revealed, and then to protect the people he cares about, he makes a deal with someone to uh, make the world forget uh, that he was ever Spider-Man. Uh, that is based on a Spider-Man comic, one of the most hated Spider-Man comics of all time, actually. It's a comic that a lot of people really, really, really disliked, so it was interesting that they chose to make it that one. But look, could you guess who in the comics he makes a deal with to make Mephisto. everybody forget who he is? It is indeed the one and only Mephisto. Uh, so the the current leading theory, and this is the one, I, I like this one because it's definitely not true, but I like it. That's what makes me like it, is that there's no <laughs> there's no question. So the current theory we're going with is that uh, Doctor Strange in this trailer, that's not Doctor Strange, that's Mephisto. And uh, it's all a big illusion. It's all a big trick to get Peter to sign away his life to Mephisto. It's, listen, if they don't use Mephisto soon in, the, in one of these things, it's all going to pop off. I think they, they need to use him. So that's that's the that's my crazy theory for this week. What do you think of that? I I honestly don't know if they're ever going to bring in Mephisto at this point because <laughs> I feel like it was too much pressure. I think he may show up as being beaten handily in the first five minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy three, a la the giant space monster in oh, yeah. uh, Volume Two. <laughs> yeah, that that would be decent, or even in. Uh... Honestly, it would be a perfect Deadpool crossover, wouldn't it? Because if anyone would be able to address the fans uh, in kind of that cutthroat way, I think it would be Deadpool. Um, so that I think there's definitely a, a chance we'll see him be, yeah, dispatched up quite handily. If we're going to see him, it would be a real challenge to use Mephisto in a serious way now in, in any of these movies or TV shows after everyone has just gone so mad with that character. He's not like even that. I mean, obviously he is a, a pretty famous Marvel character, but he's not like, I don't think he's traditionally one of like the big guys, you know? I think he's just a villain who people have become obsessed with for no reason, but I, I love it. I, I always sort of thought of him as a bit of an uh, smart price Dormammu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got Dormammu at home. Dormammu at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why everyone became so obsessed with Mephisto, but I kind of think it's hilarious. So I'm going to keep making jokes about it. I'm going to keep listening to theories about it. But maybe the best thing is just for it to never happen and just let people lose their minds over time. <laughs> maybe that's what we want. Marvel can do anything at this point. They can do whatever they want. And just it doesn't matter. Everyone will see it, even if it makes people angry. Imagine that's what they did. They just they just start making like absolute garbage movies, <laughs> just because they can. They would still make probably a boatload of money. Exactly. It's, those movies are uh, money photocopiers. Like a bad movie for them is still several hundred million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly, I don't know how I would feel, but I feel like part of me would find it pretty funny. If they just did something 
unironically bad, just like not even trying to make it good, just just made an awful movie to see how much money it made. I feel like that would be kind of funny. The middle well, half hour of the movie is just Peter sitting down and watching an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, but you that's don't our get theory. Like... Maybe that's our theory. Look, our theory is that this movie is just garbage and really boring. Yeah. Uh, you don't get like see the episode of Seinfeld, like your reviews coming out of the TV and you can sort of hear Kramer and Jerry in the <laughs> in like the background. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. Well, you heard it here first, guys. That's pretty much confirmed, I think, by Hollywood. That's what Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be about. So uh, hopefully that What's excites you. Sorry if we With let it slip. <laughs> oh, dear. What's the deal with this Dr. Octopus? He can't operate, and he's barely an octopus. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This is going crazy. This is going... This is awful. All right. So that's that's pretty much the biggest news of this week. I don't think there's much else uh, entertainment news-wise that's been happening that is really worth talking about more than Spider-Man. So I think we're just going to move into our, our main topic for this week. Uh, so for people who have been keeping up, the last few weeks we've done quite a few reviews uh, of different movies and TV shows and things we've been seeing. Uh, so anybody who's been listening to those episodes will have heard many, many of our opinions on movies and tv shows and all of those things uh we've been pretty positive though over the last little while i think generally saying a lot of things that we like this week will be a a little bit different so this week we're going to talk about some of our unpopular opinions when it comes to movies and tv shows some things that maybe people generally would disagree with whether they're positive or negative doesn't really matter that much but uh yeah, we're going to talk about some opinions we have that may not be all that popular. Now, in in this current generation, look, the, the modern era, you know, it's it's honestly nearly impossible to have any kind of opinion that's that unpopular because rest assured someone will share that opinion with you. Uh, but there are definitely some that are not the general opinion of certain movies or whatever it happens to be. So hopefully hopefully this episode can at least ruffle a few feathers and uh, maybe annoy some people who are listening i'm interested yes, to see snowflakes. If... <laughs> yes snowflakes. i'm interested to see if me and you how how many of these we agree or disagree on uh because i think that could be interesting but yeah let us know if you're listening whether how unpopular these opinions are if you agree or disagree or uh if maybe they aren't even unpopular at all and we just think they are because someone told us one time (laughs) uh we'll see we'll see as we go through look do you want to start us off yeah and i've got a really genuinely unpopular opinion i have (laughs) never heard anyone agree with this wow i didn't i did not like how to train your dragon wow wow a deep cut for the first one but i can't i'm afraid i can't agree with that the first one's already divisive um nah gotta love how to train your dragon come on that movie's great right well i'll give you my justification for it i will admit that because of this reason i think uh i might have had some blinders on okay so uh for people who don't know because it's not obvious from the movies uh 
the movies How to Train Your Dragon are based on what is one of my favorite book series, also called How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, I, I love that series. It was a childhood favorite of mine. Now, if you have read those books, you will know the movies are basically nothing like them. The <laughs> characters have the same names and it's set in the same location and there's dragons. That is literally it. I went into the first movie and watched it and I was just disgusted. It was... <laughs> uh, see what I mean? This is blinkers. I can't even judge fairly if it was a good movie or not. I just didn't like it for that reason. It peeved me off so much. I... Yeah. I mean, you've got to empathise with me here. There's nothing... I know, sorry, I know you're not a big book guy, but there's nothing worse than when you love a book and you go and see the movie adaption. It's nothing like the book. It's, yeah. it's awful. And I think the reason it didn't get more flack for this is because uh, I don't think the books, I think they were popular here, but I don't think they ever got that big in America where the movie yeah. was really popular. Mm, fair. No, I think that's that's fair enough in that, yeah, sometimes there is nothing worse than seeing something you love be adapted and it not being adapted the way you liked it because it almost feels like that thing of because they've changed it you shouldn't like it even though they may have changed it to something good but because you love the thing that it isn't then it almost makes you dislike it more um but i i think that is that's a pretty fair reason and uh i think yeah it's it's maybe not necessarily all that fair you might have some you know some unnecessary bias but equally, can't tell you how to feel. Um, yeah, it's also oh, yeah, it's not, not like gonna... it's, it's not the greatest movie of all time. So it's not like it's it's not a it's not a disastrous thing to dislike. I don't think it's going to ruin any relationships. But it's, well, it's uh, just, certainly not movie, my opinion. The movie is generally universally liked. Yeah, uh, the whole series is quite well liked. Uh, but I, I I like illustrate how different the books are to the movies, right? So Toothless the Dragon in the movie is a pretty as a reasonably big uh dragon who's like um jet uh, like jet black i don't know i'm colorblind yeah, maybe yeah. Or dark blue uh, <laughs> oh he is black okay and um, whereas toothless in the books is a common garden dragon he's green and he's about the size of a house cat oh and that's, that's part of why it's so funny why hiccup the really scrawny Viking has ended up with a dragon like this. Yeah. He's not. He's not. That's honestly like it was a big narrative plot point in the first <laughs> yeah. movie that Hiccup ended up with this wee scrawny dragon because he was a wee scrawny Viking. Mm -hmm. but ending up with like a ridiculously cool dragon like Toothless completely defeats that plot point. Well, also uh, in the movies. So if you're saying in the books he's he's a common garden dragon in the movies, Hiccup is like the rarest dragon ever it's it's assumed that he's the the last of his kind that he's the only i think they're called night furies he's the only one yeah. left i think it's revealed in like the second or third movie there's one other one because then they try to like mate or something but uh it's assumed that he is the last existing one so yeah hiccup basically ends up with like a, a shiny charizard basically is what he yeah. <laughs> is what he gets in in the movie so that is but, a bit that's a bit of a departure this is kind of like the whole Star Wars Episode 7, Episode 8, Episode 9 thing again about uh, if it matters what you're born as. I mean, the whole hiccup, uh, Toothless being special because he was a really rare dragon to feed the point 
of the books, which is that uh, heroes, anyone can be a hero, which was the point, yeah. is actually one of the big points in the book. And the fact that Tissless and Hiccup were completely unremarkable, but became uh, brilliant, he the, the greatest Viking heroes of their age, was what mm. was so special about the message of the books. Whereas Tissless is special because he's a special dragon. In the movie, yeah, yeah, uh, this, is actually, yeah true. this is dredging up quite a lot of anger I didn't know I had because <laughs> I love honestly the so much. You're you're kind of you're winning me over a bit though. I, I'm I can see what you mean. I mean, I think I probably still like the movie as a standalone movie, but comparing it to that, you're making me angry at it on yeah. on your behalf. So I I do get that. Yeah, I think it is. It's always that thing where it's it would have been a better movie if it wasn't based on the books. You know, had they just made that movie, it would have been fine. Had it not been How to Train Your Dragon, um, it's actually weirdly, it doesn't seem similar, but it is actually weirdly similar to my first unpopular opinion. If if I can uh, yeah, give you cool. mine, so I've run the 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 way I've worded this, um, it, it actually is quite similar to what you're saying. So I'm what I've said is that. Uh, referring to adaptations as well making wacky or silly or colorful characters deep and dark and brooding isn't highbrow or smart or intelligent storytelling uh and this refers to movies like joker uh even the dark knight trilogy as well which i do love uh, and i'm not saying they can't be good movies obviously you can still make great movies um by doing this but Similarly to what you're saying, where you, and it, it happens a lot with comic book characters and less so now, but did happen for a long time, where you're taking these great characters, but they are, they're from comic books, they're campy, they're, you know, silly, whatever. You've got some characters that are serious, but you've got a lot of characters that are these ridiculous people with these unbelievable abilities that aren't normal guys. And when you strip all that away, or you try to make it more real you're, you're sort of you're taking out so many great elements i think that make these things great uh so it is weirdly similar to what you were saying um which is quite quite funny just on a, a bit of a broader scale i'm not necessarily talking just about how to train your dragon but um yeah i think joker made me realize this particularly where it's the, the same sort of thing where that movie is barely a joker movie because if you are at all familiar with the Joker from the comics. He isn't the guy from the Joker movie. He That's not what that character is like. That character is meant to be someone who is a formidable foe for Batman. He, I think in the Joker movie, Joaquin Phoenix is certainly nails the crazy part of the Joker, but the Joker is also meant to be a, a genius. And one of the most famous things about the Joker is that he has no backstory. You don't know what led him to this point. We get barely a few hints across the years and years he's been in comics. Uh, and he is crazy, but, you know, depending on the version, you have the more serious versions, but you also have, you know, ridiculous, colorful. They don't really want to destroy stuff. They just want to do very, like, traditional villainous things like rob banks and jewels and stuff. And I think there's just so much is lost sometimes by trying to make these things so serious. Uh, and it just, I don't know. It always makes me a little bit annoyed because you're losing a lot of, of the character and sort of uh, the, it's more so the way that it's looked at as being like, this is how you make a real 
a really good, you know, highbrow, you know, cinema, you know, the cinema in that uh, film bro sense uh, of cinema when it comes to these characters. And it's, it's led to this, like, almost um, people looking down on the sillier movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and those sorts of things, even though people love those movies, but they're not looked at as movies that could win awards or be proper cinema, you know? And I think that is changing now, but it always just uh, annoys me a little bit that if you were a director or a writer and you wanted to make a movie taken seriously and base it on comic book heroes, you'd have to make them grounded and realistic. And I just think that's a bit of a dumb opinion to have. Okay. Uh, I've, I've got two questions, and I know you're not just focusing on the Joker with this yeah. opinion, uh, but it's sort of, um, it, it relates to your point. Um, the first one is, would you say then that Mark Hamill is your favourite Joker then? Because he his performances sort of encompass all aspects of the Joker's character, the sort of humour, um, mm-hmm. craziness, the murderous intent, all that. Uh, it would be tough because there, there have been a lot of great Joker performances. And I think the Joker isn't maybe isn't the best example because he has, there's different versions of the Joker, you know, throughout time. Uh, but Mark Hamill would definitely be, it would be between between him and Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger is just a more specific version of the Joker, I think, than Mark Hamill, where, yeah. as you say, I think he does probably encompass everything about him. Um, but yeah, it would certainly be between him and, and Heath Ledger, yeah. Okay, then the second question is, do you think that's why people love the killing joke so much as a, uh, well, I know it's technically a Batman story, but it really is more of a Joker story. Yeah, almost. yeah. Would you say people love it so much because, uh, like Mark Hamill, encompasses all facets of the Joker's character um, in that way, the killing joke is almost the quintessential Joker story because uh, it does... Uh, explore all areas of the Joker's psyche from his humour to his uh, brutality and all the other things we've mentioned. Yeah, I think The the Killing Joke is probably the best comic to read or or movie to watch to, like, get the Joker. It's probably... If you didn't know much about the Joker before, uh, you'd be far better off watching or reading The Killing Joke than you would watching Joker. You know, if you watch Joker and that was your idea of who the Joker should be. It will be similar to watching uh, Suicide Squad and that being your opinion of what the Joker should be. Uh, I think um, it's just it's just not accurate the same way, I guess, you have the, with, with How to Train Your Dragon, you know? Uh, and it doesn't mean it's not good at all. I think Joker is a really, really good movie, but I think it would have been a far better movie had it not been a movie about the Joker, had it just been... Uh, well, I guess they would have just been Taxi Driver then, but uh, if it hadn't have been within the constraints of this Batman universe, you know, that didn't the Batman stuff didn't need to be there or the Joker stuff didn't need to be there for that movie to be good. It felt very like, we'll slap this on to make it sell to comic book fans, you know? Um, yeah. It wasn't necessary at all because none of what that character's backstory was was related to the Joker at all. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the the only other thing I can sort of think of is that opinion. Because actually, I, I don't really disagree with what you're saying. I agree with it. I think humour is as a human emotion as anger or sadness yeah. or happiness. 
So to create a good portrayal of someone, a lot of the time you need it and um, levity. Uh, so, I mean, I've not watched it, but I think uh, something that would be a good example of what you said is um, Riverdale, where you've got these funny cartoon characters being taken and being made uh, so oh, ridiculously serious that it comes round to almost being humorous again. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of, uh, I can't remember if it's Jughead or, or not, but he's, he's talking to uh, kids that are in uh, as some sort of juvenile prison, and one of them says they've been running drugs to pay or their oh, yeah. <laughs> grandma's health care since they were 10. He says, so you've never experienced the highs and lows of high school football? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we we talked real? about this before. Yeah, I, I think that would be a great example if it's doing that on purpose. My, I don't know if they're trying to be genuine or not, is the, is the only problem with Riverdale. I think if, if they are doing that ironically and that's meant to be satire, then it's quite possibly one of the funniest shows ever written. But um, <laughs> I don't know if that is what they're doing or not or if they're trying to be genuinely serious. I don't know how you write that if you're being serious, but either way, yeah, that maybe that is the perfect example. Um, but yeah, I think this is happening less and less now. And I think people, because superhero movies are becoming so common or just comic book movies generally uh people are very quick to respect those now you know uh which i think is a really good thing um because yeah there was a while there and i think it, it came from the dark knight trilogy which was a great series of movies uh but it was a classic example of that like hollywood learning the wrong lesson from a, a movie coming out where people saw that and they went oh so our our superhero movies need to be dark and realistic for them to do well when in reality no it was just because those movies were just good because they were good uh is what you actually need to do you don't need to take your your characters too seriously so yeah i i don't think it's it's not that it's a bad thing to make a comic book movie that's serious but it's just not it's not always necessary for it to still be good um i think that's that's my point but yeah a, a couple of a couple of angry ones to start us off look <laughs> um i i don't know if that's going to continue through the rest of these uh, unpopular opinions but we'll see we'll see what's uh what's another one of yours um okay this one's pretty positive although i think i'm sticking my heads above the park my head above the parapet with this one a bit mm. i think nostalgia will do a lot of favors to the sequel trilogy the star wars sequel trilogy and mm. it, about 10, 15 years time. Uh, now, hear me out on this one. Okay. High popular yep. prequel movies at the moment and, and have been for the past few years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're becoming some people's favorite Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually another unpopular opinion of mine. Uh, I, as much as I love the prequel trilogy, and I think especially episode three is a really good movie, we shouldn't now go the other way where they used to be underrated overrate them to the point we're talking about them better than the original trilogy trust me yeah. the original trilogy is still by far and away <laughs> the best star wars movies well, yes i actually think three is probably a bit better than six but average quality but anyway back on topic the sequel trilogy i think may not be as popular 
as the prequel trilogies are now. But in 10, 15 years, when the people who were kids and watched them grew up, they will experience a big increase in popularity, the same way the prequel trilogies did. Because, I mean, I remember being younger, people just joked about how bad the prequel trilogy was constantly. But now yeah. the people <laughs> like us, who were kids when they came out, uh, are in our 20s and whatever, they're much more popular now. And I think that will happen with the sequel trilogy to an extent. Yeah, I think I would agree. I I wouldn't be sure if it would happen as much with the sequel trilogy. And the reason I think that is because I think the prequels, as much as they maybe aren't amazingly well-made movies, introduced a lot of stuff to Star Wars and a lot of like yeah. cool stuff, especially in that kid way of like, oh my God, that's so cool. Look at the droids, all the different types of droids, you know, the new ships, uh, all the different new characters and aliens and whatever else. Uh, it introduced all this a pod racing, you know, all yeah. this stuff that was like, oh, none of this was in Star Wars before. And now it's in Star Wars all the time. You know, it, it's become such a big part of Star Wars where I think maybe because the sequel trilogy retreaded a lot of old Star Wars stuff, they lost that opportunity to introduce new things that people will then latch on to and remember as being unique to that trilogy, um, which may make it not not have the same longevity as the prequels, maybe. Uh, but I do think you're right in that it's it, it'll definitely have an upswing uh, as time passes, even if that's just because people's hatred mellows a bit, you know, uh, more so than the way it is now. But I think, yeah, there's definitely there's enough there are redeeming qualities in in it and i think as time passes and we get just more other star wars stuff people will probably soften on it a bit and be able to go back and go oh well i did like this bit i did like this thing um and it didn't destroy star wars forever so maybe it's actually just fine uh so yeah i think i think there's probably potential that it'll it'll come back again in in some kind of way and i think it would be it would be a real shame if none of those characters ever got to come back and do anything else because That's... we've said before those the characters and the cast in the sequels are are definitely the best thing about it and honestly really really great uh, a really great cast so i think i think they That's... all deserve a chance to be in a good movie <laughs> That's what actually i was about to get at in the same way that i would uh, point at Star Wars the Clone Wars being the start of the rehabilitation of the prequel trilogy, if they choose to do something with those characters in a similar way, yeah. I think that could do a lot for it. Because I agree, I'm uh, Ray, Poe, um, Kylo Ren, uh, and Finn are all great characters, and something like that could do a lot for them. I mean, even even characters who are really criticized at the time as being uh, a bit rubbish uh, even their stock rose as a result of the Clone Wars like Jar Jar Binks and um, uh, I don't know if I'm being a bit harsh on her here because I don't think I'm getting almost caught criticizing her too much but I mean uh, uh, Padme I thought got a lot fleshed out a lot in the Clone Wars as a character rather yeah. than just being um, Anakin's love interest yeah uh, so, it just depends where they go with the characters could help a lot. The prequels made Boba Fett not an idiot anymore. Uh, <laughs> all, that was all thanks to the Clone Wars and, and the prequels. Um, I, I've talked about my 
Boba Fett. Not not dislike, just that I, I like to rag on him a bit because he needs to be taken down a peg for his absolutely abysmal behavior in the original trilogy. <laughs> that guy does nothing but fly into walls and miss capturing the people he's meant to capture. So I stand by it. Rewatch the original trilogy. Boba Fett does nothing but be useless. Uh, and, but the prequels changed all of that. In his defense, I'm pretty sure if Robot Chicken's accurate, he had just been uh, the Battle of the Stark Sarlacc that he had just been ER straight at the bar. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And Jabba's sand ship thing. You know, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. Yeah. No, I think. Uh, if you if you want, I guess if you assume that in every scene he's in, he has just come from the bar, then maybe that that probably makes all of his behavior make a lot more sense in the original trilogy. Actually, uh, things like Darth Vader telling him no disintegrations, uh, which I think is the implication that he one time disintegrated someone by accident, is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that he was he disintegrated someone when he wasn't supposed to. Man, what a guy. But I'm very glad they made him more competent in, in later releases. And now we're getting the book of Boba Fett, which is going to be probably really, really good if The Mandalorian was anything to go off of. Um, but before we start talking about Star Wars all, all day, because we definitely could, I have, I have a decent one here. And I, I'm actually, I'm sure you agree with this because I think you hold the same opinion. So you may be glad that I bring it up in case you've forgotten. But uh, I have the opinion that the Cat in the Hat movie is an ahead of its time masterpiece uh, is what I've written down here. Cat in the Hat is quite possibly one of Mike Myers' best performances. And I think I, I think you've said this before, look, that it's a movie yeah. that if it came out today would do unbelievably well. I think it was truly ahead of its time in terms of comedy. I think when it came out, audiences were probably a bit confused as to what was going on. And it, it is a quite weird style of comedy it has a lot of the jokes have the exact same format as like current memes have yeah. <laughs> i feel like if had that movie come out now i think it would do unbelievably well uh and I, i'm pretty sure you agree with this look we talked I, about this before I, off air absolutely no I, you're right i've said this before i mean it's so reminiscent if you go back and watch it now of sketch shows that are currently popular uh, like uh Auntie Donna uh, and uh, Tim and Eric and uh, Detroiters and stuff like that. I mean, it's so off the wall. I mean, I, it probably still wouldn't work for me in stream audiences in that I don't know how well even those shows as genius as they are would work <laughs> for me in stream audiences. Yeah. But it, 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 it would have been so much more well received if released today. And uh, like, I mean, I think I've referenced this one before, but the infomercial scene, like, yeah, yeah. that scene is so, so funny, but people hated that scene because it just didn't fit in the kids' movie. People were disappointed that uh, uh, this movie wasn't a kids' movie. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. And, and I guess that makes sense because parents taking their kids to see movies, but I just think you should be able to appreciate something uh, for being funny, no matter what demographic you're expecting it to be aimed at yeah uh no definitely i i think it's such a good movie and i would uh i would certainly suggest to anyone who hasn't maybe seen it in a while anyone who's like especially well i was gonna say people are sort of age but i think anyone 
but if you if you like any of those sorts of sketch shows, if you've watched Auntie Donna or uh, if you like the Eric Andre show, I feel like it's pretty reminiscent of that style of comedy as well. Anything like that, go back and watch it. I I reckon you'll have an absolute treat watching it again. Uh, I'll probably pick up on on how funny it actually is because I I loved it as a kid. I do remember I I really loved the Cat in the Hat movie, but it was weird. And now watching it again, it's still weird. But now I can appreciate how weird it is in a in a way that I couldn't before. Um, but it does. It's it's it is weird watching it. Just how much it feels like a more current show, uh, or movie or sketch show or whatever. It feels very much like something that could come out now, uh, which is weird seeing something that uh came out. I don't know, fifteen years ago maybe longer um it's, it's just it's very impressive to me i think more than anything but uh yeah i think cat in the hat is hilarious um which maybe sounds weird because it is well quote unquote a kid's movie but you know it's not i don't think that's a kid's movie at all i think i think cat in the hat is a kid's book uh, i don't think it's a kid's movie in in any way uh but yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth a rewatch if anybody maybe hasn't seen it for a while or hasn't seen it since they were a kid. Go back and watch Cat in the Hat. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's not much else to say about that, really. I think it's just, it had to be brought up because I know we've both talked about it before, but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. So I, I had to make sure I got that in uh, just in case in case you weren't going to say it. <laughs> no, a stellar I movie. I didn't think of that one, but I totally agree. I've got... Yeah another one that's quite positive but i think it might be a short one because i'm not sure you'll watched it because i don't think many people have mm. uh, i really liked your highness <laughs> i didn't i didn't watch that i remember seeing a trailer for it but tell me what it was about in case i'm uh, thinking of the wrong thing your highness is like is it's a comedy set in like fan, a fantasy world filmed in northern ireland actually as far as i remember uh where James uh, James Franco, who, who's a bit redacted these days for reasons we don't need to get into, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Danny McBride, uh, who I f- personally find very funny, I think he's maybe a bit Marmite as comedy styles go, uh, are have to like, uh, are like princes in this king. The plot isn't really that important. It's a fantasy <laughs> setting. Uh, Dad's played by Charles Dunn's. It's 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 like an insane cast somehow. And Natalie Portman plays like a character as well, uh, who's far more competent than either of them. <laughs> I will go out and say, whilst I really liked it, this is this is not highbrow comedy whatsoever. <laughs> but it did get at the time pretty much universally panned by critics, and I don't think it did too well in cinemas. But mm. it's it's just so dumb that I, <laughs> I couldn't help but be entertained by it. Like I don't know about you, but with comedy movies, even if they're not great, it does make a difference in how much you enjoy it if you can tell the people making it clearly had a blast like yeah yeah growing up you can tell everyone on set loved making that movie it's yeah. not a good movie but it is that is one of the things that makes it watchable yeah all those moments that make you smile it's because of that it's because it's 
it's, it's the bits where they aren't acting or telling jokes that make you smile. It's the bits where it's just a group of people who are friends hanging out and being friends, which is not any of the actual jokes in the movie. The jokes in the movie are awful, but uh, <laughs> those bits really make you smile. But yeah. Your, your Highness is so relentlessly dumb and juvenile <laughs> and puerile that for me, it was just hard not to like. I have... I can be entertained by highbrow comedy, but I would also say fart jokes make me laugh. <laughs> uh, if that's a crime, sue me. But I really like that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes you just like stuff and it's bad, and you just but you like it anyway. And you don't have to explain yourself. Sometimes, you know, I, I think sometimes something can be bad, and you can know it's bad, and you can still like it, and that's fine. And I think uh, enough of this making people have to have to know why they like something or be able to explain themselves all the time. We don't need that. All right. I mean, it works for this because it's a podcast format. But <laughs> I, apart from this, uh, in, in everyday life, you don't need people to explain their opinions. It wouldn't that wouldn't make this work quite so well if we just said what we thought and then stopped the podcast. It would be a lot quicker, but uh, maybe not as entertaining. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. I have one here, uh, similarly actually. But I didn't, I didn't know this movie was hated, or maybe not hated, but certainly not liked. And a lot of people think it's a disappointing sequel. Where I hold it as the greatest movie in the franchise, and that is Cars Two. Have you seen Cars Two? I feel like I have maybe seen a chunk of it because I think the only time I've watched it when someone brought in the dvd into oh this is this must mean this movie was released a while ago because i think it was oh, yeah. brought it into school when i was in primary school so that would mean it was at least uh, 10 years ago wow <laughs> Oof. well cars 2 i did not know was a movie that people didn't like and it's only recently that i i've discovered this because i've seen a lot of people online talking about how weird it is or making memes about how bad and disappointing it was as a sequel. I think Cars 2 is one of the best sequels of all time. Along the along similar lines as Shrek 2 where it is it keeps everything you love about the first movie but is a completely different style and format of movie. Cars 1, I'm sure a lot of people know this, follows Lightning McQueen. He's a professional racer and then he learns a little lesson about himself. And then he's and he's still a racer, so it's it's kind of a racing movie, but it's it's more of like a, I guess like a kind of coming of age story or you know, a a, a bit of a character piece, I guess. Cars Two, is a spy movie. It's a spy espionage movie, and I don't know why they decided to do that. It seems like a completely bizarre direction to go in following a movie that was about race cars just about race cars in the in the first one and i don't know who decided to do it but whoever they are is a genius and i thank them because cars 2 is unbelievable i think it's so good i think it's actually an unbelievably good movie and i think people were only disappointed because they wanted to see a racing movie and instead they got a, a spy movie that is probably up there in like my top three spy movies you know please Tell me, story, because I'm really curious now at what your top three spy movies are. I don't have to put them in any order. I'm just so curious. Ooh. I feel like it's going to be This Means War 
spy with Melissa McCarthy in Cars <laughs> No, I think it's probably Casino Royale. Brilliant movie. Uh, Absolutely. The first Kingsman movie. Really good as well. And Cars 2. See, it just feels out of place, and I'm not necessarily saying what it's a bad movie. No, how, there's, I see, I see, honestly, I see three of the same thing there. It's certainly when I think of quality, when uh, Casino Royale, Kingsman, Cars Two, it's this, it's the exact same. If you, if you told me to pick which one to watch, I, I wouldn't be able to. I would, I would struggle. But it's, and that's not even a joke. I actually, I think Cars Two is really good. <laughs> But it can't be as good as like. But I mean, you're like leaving. <laughs> it's just that that confuses me. I guess saying it's a good sequel and whatever. I I know maybe I need to go and watch it fully because I don't remember it that well. I may not even have seen all of it, but it's surely it's like a good sequel to Cars. Still doesn't mean it's like. It just means it's a good movie. I mean, Cars was a good movie, but it's one of Pixar's weaker ratings. Like, mm. I don't I, know. I, I don't know what the to tell you. The opinion confuses me a bit, and I respect it because it's your opinion. But like, spy movies are some of the top movies ever made. I just really then it should come as no surprise that Cars Two is so good. You just admitted it. Spy movies are some of the greatest movies of all time. And Cars 2 does not let down the genre. Okay? So, I think you got to go and watch it. Look, it's it. apart from the fact that it's just all cars, it, it pretty much reads like a sort of Roger Moore, James Bond movie. Uh, it's, it's international. They got gadgets. It's got uh, one German scientist villain and then one mystery villain who you don't know who it is until the very end. It's got mystery. It's got intrigue. It's got espionage. And it's actually got racing in it as well. So even if that's what you love about cars, it's got that too. There's nothing to um, not like about this movie. Have you seen Atomic Blonde? No, actually, but I, I've heard good things about that. Is it good? Uh, it's very good. I feel like... Um, yeah, she's a secret agent. I feel like if you watched it, it would probably not cars to your top three. I feel like you maybe need to watch more spy movies in general. I feel like <laughs> what you're not telling me you've watched three spy movies. Three spy movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll maybe I'll maybe knock it into top five just because there's almost no, definitely I'm... spy movies I'm not thinking. No, just I probably am being hyperbolic because there's definitely other spy movies that I love that I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head. But it is as far as if I was going it more instead of ranking top five, if I was going in tiers, it would be in my top tier list of spy movies. So maybe I, I that's can, a better I... way to, to rank it. I really don't want you to change your opinion based on me. It's just I I really can't get my head around this opinion, but I fully respect it. No, I think I I maybe I maybe spoke too soon about top three, and it's that's purely just because I can't think of spy movies off the top of my head. I wasn't prepared for that question, but um, it is definitely it's definitely in my top tier. So I would I would encourage you to watch it. Look, it's it's a good movie. Uh, and I'd I like to hear your opinion because I reckon you'll love it because you love spy movies too. Yeah, I think I might go watch a few comedy spy movies now because I don't think I ever watched This Means War. I think all I ever saw was when I was on a flight to America and I saw <laughs> like the woman in the aisle across from me was watching it on the screen. She had her headphones in and it, it looked very entertaining. 
<laughs> I've also heard Spy with Melissa McCarthy is supposed to be really funny. Yeah, I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, oh, it, no, also, no, no. it also has uh, Cars Two. Also has Michael Caine in it as as the main British intelligence spy because Michael Caine can't help himself but be in a spy movie. Uh, so um, you know, there's a lot of things going for it. The least of which, or not the least of which, being my opinion. I don't think you could find many movies that have both Owen Wilson and Michael Caine. That must be a short, <laughs> short list, with possibly that being the only one on said list. Mm. It's probably a short list, but I reckon it's a great list. If if there are any other movies, that's a that's a pretty great list of movies. I mean, yeah. Also, Michael Caine and uh, is it Larry the Cable Guy plays Mater in the car movies, Cars movies. Let me look Possibly. it up. That's, that's testing the knowledge. Um, I'm uh, pretty sure it is, because that's a short list the, too. It is Larry the, the Cable Guy. <laughs> the big tragedy of the Cars movies, the guy who played Doc died after the yeah. first movie, so couldn't appear in any of the sequels. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. I, I loved I loved Doc in the first movie. Actually, yeah. really, thinking about it, maybe it's just because of the uh, sort of... Uh, the edge of Osmond launch and I've got really fond memories of the first Cars movie. Yeah, I like it too. I think I think it's fair enough to say it's one of Pixar's weaker outings, but I think it's still it's still in the like positive end of the spectrum. I still think it's a good movie. Um but Cars 2 blows out of the war. I mean so um, that's you, you, the listeners have our word we will do a Pixar episode at some point. Oh yeah we've we've got to we've got to well we've said it now it's it's on it's on the uh, on the podcast. It's commitment on, on like Donkey Kong. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> All right. Well, give us give us another one. Look, this may- maybe be the last one since I talked for cars about cars two for so long. <laughs> Melissa because Mac- we mentioned it, Melissa McCarthy is a very funny actress, hamstrung by poor movies. Mm. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think, yeah. Melissa McCarthy is a very funny actress who had to tell some very unfunny jokes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really true. She's also a very good actress in non-comedic roles too. I think um, she just, yeah, got really unlucky with some movies that were, you know, dumb, silly jokes that made her seem like a dumb, silly actress, you know, Uh, and it's not the case at all. But that's probably happened with a lot of actors as well. I think Melissa McCarthy is quite lucky to have like broken out of that as well and to be able to do some more roles where she actually gets to showcase her talent more. I mean, I guess she did showcase her talents in those movies because she made unfunny jokes much funnier than they probably would have been. Um, and I think that's always a testament to an yeah. actor because making something that isn't funny, just the ability to make it watchable uh, is always impressive. So... Yeah, definitely she needs some credit for that. Um, and there are, I reckon there are so many that you wouldn't even think of now because they were probably in one movie and then never got hired again. Just yeah. actors who got so unfortunate by having to, to be in an awful movie or, or read a really bad script or whatever. And it's uh, got to make you feel bad for them, you know, because there's probably so much talent that just gets wasted because of that. I can um, absolutely see why um, Rebel Wilson is... Uh, she's talked about this basically when she did Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect, which was a really funny performance. All the movies she got pitched after that were just doing Fat Amy again from Pitch yeah. Perfect. And she said, 
she just had to start turning them down because uh, she didn't want to be basically playing the same role over and over again in that same way. I think Melissa McCarthy uh, gets the same role in every movie. Uh, well, not every movie, because, I mean, she had, she's done, like, um, I think she's broken away from a bit doing the serious act, and I think it's been a really good choice for her, and she's really excelled in that. Yeah. But it is especially a problem for women, I would say, in Hollywood, where mm-hmm. you do one role uh, once uh, when it's your breakout role, and then no one has anything create free after that. They just want you to do the same role over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's incredibly hard once uh, for any actor, not just in comedy movies, but in action uh, movies and where you get typecast as the one role to try and break out of that. And then I think it unfairly influences people's opinions of you. I mean, I'm just thinking some Dave Batista said he was just getting offered meathead roles and he had, that he start he started to get much more picky about his roles because he 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 is a good actor and he doesn't just want to get typecast as big meathead roles. Zach yeah. Efron, uh, part of the reason he took the Ted Bundy role, uh, is because he just wanted to break away from this idea that he could only do pretty boy roles or, uh, uh dumb jocks and comedy movies, which he is very good at and very funny at. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to show he was a serious actor and I think he proved that. So, I mean, uh, I think those were some guys off, and gals off the top of the that have struggled with typecast and I think, uh, yeah. I think people need to realise when they have these preconceived notions about some actors' talents, they have to realise that a lot of the time it is because they get typecast in the same roles and they don't have a chance to show what they can do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's very wise. Look, that was a good that was a good opinion to end on. I think it was started as an unpopular opinion and then moved into some very solid advice. Um, yeah, give give actors a chance. I think if someone's a good actor in a certain type of role, odds are they're probably going to be pretty good in other roles as well. Generally, people who have uh, skill in one thing have skills you know besides that one thing so maybe yeah look a little bit deeper sometimes when you're when you're looking at these actors but i think that's a a very good piece of wisdom to end on look so i i'm gonna i'm gonna call it there for this topic and move us into uh our next topic which is have you seen this this is where we talk about what we've been watching or playing or doing for the last week and we just have a little chat about it so look have you seen John Mulaney, the comeback kid. I have indeed. I know you have. Uh, <laughs> had a bit of a stand-up comedy binge this week. Didn't watch many uh, proper movies. I just scrolling through Netflix and um, I actually watched. Well, I watched half of your recommendation from maybe a couple of weeks ago, which was Bill Burr's uh, stand-up special, um, which I I did like uh, a lot as well. It's it's pretty much as you described it in terms of uh, the, I don't want to say lack of political correctness. I think it's political correctness kind of with an edge, maybe is the, the yeah. right way to describe it. Um, but then uh, I didn't get to finish that, which I, I'm going to come back to it probably after we finish recording here. Um, but it, it made me want to watch John Mulaney. So I watched some John Mulaney specials as well. And man, that guy's funny. Now, that is not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about popular opinions, uh, John Mulaney being one of your favorite comedians is 
possibly one of the most vanilla uh, opinions you can have, but it is not without its merit. It is definitely a deserved place. I don't think, I don't think John Mulaney is like the safe choice. It's just, it's it's not wrong, but it is very popular. Um, if you're a if you're a fan of stand up comedy, you'll probably love John Mulaney because he is, he he does it right. You know, he he does stand up comedy and he does it well. Uh, he has two specials on Netflix, and I would recommend them to literally anyone. I think he has a style of comedy that really isn't uh, isn't niche at all. I think it will appeal to pretty much any demographic. It's not really, it's not challenging to watch. It's not cringy. It doesn't make you feel any particular sort of way other than happy and make you laugh. So um, yeah, I think I think anyone really can watch a John Mulaney special. So it's a pretty good, pretty good couple of hours to just spend. Uh, listening to some jokes and, and laughing i've watched watched them both probably quite a few times i re-watch stand-up specials probably more than anything else when i when it comes to re-watching things uh and the jokes still make me laugh you know but um yeah there was nothing quite like the the first time watching a john mulaney special and just really really laughing laughing my head off as they say uh at some of those jokes he has some absolutely wonderful jokes that i will not repeat now just because i won't tell them as well uh, <laughs> you're better off hearing them for the first time from him uh, from the horse's mouth so I would uh, yeah I, I, that's my recommendation for this week look what have you seen this week uh, well I'm still moving through some series so I'll, uh, I'll wait till I finish them before I talk about them but as soon as you've mentioned uh, John Mulaney and we were talking about Spider-Man earlier I'll serve you up a bit of a softball Reese. Mm. have you seen uh, into the Spider-Verse. I have seen Into the Spider-Verse. That's a that's a good pick. That's encompassing everything we've talked about today, almost. Yeah, I just thought that would uh, close uh, everything up nicely. Um, mm-hmm. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Into the Spider-Verse was a movie released a few years ago. It's an animated movie uh, centering around uh, Miles Morales, who uh, takes up the mantle of Spider-Man is known for his uh, black costume as opposed to the red and blue and uh, and as we're going to see with uh, this new Spider-Man movie there's a lot of multiversal hijinks where lots of Spider-Men uh, join up with Miles Morales and they take on Kingpin uh, why John Mulaney made me think of that as is because he plays uh, Spider Pig. <laughs> he plays Spider Ham, Peter Porker, Sorry. the spectacular Spider Ham. Uh, Spider Pig is from the Simpsons movie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, in my defense, I didn't think he was called Spider Pig, but me. <laughs> I like the Simpsons movie. It's very good. I like the Simpsons movie too, actually. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's basically, I don't have to praise it here. It's been praised more than maybe any animated movie released in the last 10 years. It's a brilliant superhero movie, and it's a brilliant animated movie. It's a movie you probably recommend to everyone. It's an absolute must-watch. I don't... Yeah, no, in fact, I'm not even going to bother saying anymore. You don't need to listen to me. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, just go watch. I'm pretty sure it's on a few of the major streaming services. So that's all I feel the need to say about it. Yeah, that that movie will speak for itself, but I I would definitely agree that it's a, a big recommendation from me as well. 
some really great recommendations this week. We've talked about some some pretty stellar movies. John Mulaney stand-up special, Into the Spider-Verse, Cars 2, you know, three great things to watch. So, uh, yeah, lots lots of things we can we can go back to. If, if you haven't seen, uh, definitely give those a watch. I enjoyed talking about our unpopular opinions today. Look, venting a little bit about some things that made us angry and then uh, reveling a bit in some things that made us happy. It was quite fun. Um, let Enjoyed us know it. if you agree or disagree with those opinions. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can contact us. You can follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter. We have a subreddit. You can go to those. If you want to write directly in, you can send us an email to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Ask us a question. Tell us about how we're wrong. We'd be happy to hear it. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Reese. He's been Luke. Luke, could you close us out, please? Thank you for listening to the Crack and Bunter podcast. It's been lovely to have you here. Please, though, remember, there's a shark in the water. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.